Episode 31, the Photon Podcast, Boy Scouts of America, Amateur Radio, and more coming up. AmateurRadio15.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast, sponsored by Main Trading Company. Find them online at mtcradio.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. It is episode number 31, the Photon Podcast. I am your host, Kale Nelson. My call is Kilo for Charlie Delta November. And just want to give a great big Southern shout out. Thank you very much for tuning in to another program. If this is your first time through, we hope you give it a, give it a chance all the way through. And also go back and listen to one or two of our other shows and see if it's something you like to listen. Don't just discount me on this one if you don't like it. There, there may be others you don't like. There may be some that you love, but you won't know if you don't give me a chance. And Initially, I thank you for this first chance. If you're coming back, you've been here for, for all the episodes. If you've listened to them multiple times, thank you again for coming in. We thank you for the supporters of the show. We thank you for, for the folks who come in and, and uh, review the show on iTunes and share it on Facebook and all those great things you can do to help promote the program. We appreciate it. And that's why we're doing it. I mean, we're doing it to grow the hobby, to share our interest in the hobby, and we hope that you're having a lot of fun with us. This is Season 2. I believe this will probably be Episode 2 of or Episode 3 of Season 2, but we're just going to call it 31 to make it easy to keep the count going. And this is going to be a great show. It's going to be a lot of fun, really interesting stuff we're going to talk about here in just a little bit about Boy Scouts. Well, it really scouting. Scouting. We call it Boy Scouts because that's what we were raised to call it, right? But we're going to talk about scouting and amateur radio uh, with Rick, and we're going to do that in a couple of minutes. But first, I have to tell you, as always, you need to remember to check out my friends down in Paris, Texas, Richard and Christy Lenore. They run the main trading company. Tammy's back. She's she's doing better. She's working some. And you can also catch Danielle Varner down there as well. They're brand new amateur radio operator, licensee. Congratulations, Danielle, on your new ticket. And she tells me she's studying for her general. So, guys, give them a call and encourage Danielle to keep going. And uh, she'll probably wind up with her extra before I do. <laughs> anyway, if you need gear, if you need some great gear, whether it's new or used, pre-owned, if you need to finance it, you need to do uh, extended warranties, you're looking for some used gear, they cover all the bases, and you can find them online at mtcradio.com. Mine and your friends in the amateur radio hobby, it's mtcradio.com. They are our official sponsor here on the program, so make sure you show them some love next time you need some gear. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by Kenwood's TMD 710 Golf Alpha. It's the brand new updated version of the 710, now with a built-in GPS and an APRS TNC. You can find it and all the great Kenwood products online with our friends mtcradio.com. All right, guys, so Rick is an amateur radio operator. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But at the same time, well, probably not at exactly the same time, but he is also an a podcaster who podcasts about none other than wet shaving. Tell us a little bit about your podcast real quick, Rick. All right. So uh, probably about uh, almost two years ago now because I'm up to episode 97. Uh, oh. Just went out yesterday. Congratulations. Um, I w well, thank you. I was, uh, was kind of messing around, and I had gotten into wet shaving. Um, which is traditional shaving, shaving with a brush and soap and, and old-time razors, uh, single-edged uh, razors, double-edged razors, you know, the old Gillette things. Yep. Or even now, I've kind of advanced into straight razors. And I was on a forum, and somebody said, man, it'd be really good if somebody did a podcast about this. And I looked, and nobody had done one. And uh, quite honestly, I said, well, heck, I can do that. So I went ahead and jumped in. And since then, I have bought myself some uh, some equipment. I've got a soundboard, and quite honestly, the reason that I got the, the that I justified the expense of the soundboard is that I thought, well, I could always use this with my ham radio stuff, because well, it just sounds. I mean, Bob Heil can do it. Why can't I? There you go. <laughs> exactly. And and so that was kind of my justification. Where even if I didn't, you know, really go anywhere with the podcast, I'd still have the equipment to to play around with amateur radio. So it was all kind of tied in. So we've been doing that for a while and uh, having having a good time. I I average I don't know probably about uh, 
oh, four or five hundred listeners uh, every episode I put out, and I put out a weekly episode, and uh, they're about an hour long, and uh, that's just kind of what keeps me off the streets. Well, congratulations on doing it that long. I know that uh, we're about a third of the way there, and it, it, folks, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and we do it every other week. Now, you're doing it every week, and that's that's quite intense, man. That's a lot of well, shaving. Yeah. It is, but you know, I talk about all kinds of other stuff. I, I get on rants. Um, I, my biggest thing, quite honestly, is about marketing and marketing that people have succumbed to because after shaving with a single edged razor or a double edged razor, I have come to the conclusion that those are much better shaves than you can get with cartridge razor. They're also a whole lot cheaper. And when you start looking into the history of it, Gillette and Schick and all the others they did not come up with the with the the bladed car, multi-bladed cartridge razors to give you a better shave. They came up with it so that they could put a patent on it so that they could continue to charge exorbitant rates and uh, make profits. That's what it's all about. And so you, you start to when you understand that it's really big business to not necessarily give you something better, but to give you something that they can make money with. Then all of a sudden you start looking around and realize that that kind of attitude is everywhere. There's a lot of things that are being well marketed to you as the best, and they're really not. And so that's you know I, I go on rants. I talk about <laughs> I talk about my Boy Scouts. I talk about uh, you know just things that I see uh, out in public and things that I react to. And in fact, uh, quite honestly, I have a uh, a headset mic in my truck. And uh, most people think, well, you've got to have absolutely perfect sound quality for a podcast and everything. I do a lot of my podcasting episodes, my segments, I, I do them in the truck because I found that for me, um, that is where I can be most passionate about things. And quite honestly, for me, I'd rather listen to somebody that has passion about what they're talking about instead of just good sound quality. Well, you know, I, speaking of, and, and I was going to bring that up later, but you brought it up for early, early, so we'll talk about it now. I was listening to the episode where you had the car accident like, <laughs> while you were recording. That was, that was pretty awesome. I haven't yeah, done that, that one yet, guys. It? <laughs> it's just like all of a sudden, whoa, this lady just hit me, guys. I'll be back in a minute. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and that was the wildest thing, you know, because, you know, I, I don't know how it is anywhere else. You know, I live in the upstate of South Carolina. And so the first thing that, that, you know, I did was jump out and say, hey, uh, are you okay? Looked at the truck, no damage, and I thought, my gosh, I've got this huge bumper hitch on my truck. It's like her car is going to be just trash. And it uh, turned out that she was a, a, a nurse that, that helps invalids, and she was going to see her brother who was sick, and she just got off work, and, you know, it was right in the middle of the morning. And I looked at her car, and there wasn't a scratch on it. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I take that as a sign. Yeah. And it's like, I, I looked at it and I said, well, I'm okay. as long as you're okay, um, I'm okay with this. If you're, and she gave me a hug and, and it was, it was one of those moments, you know, that was kind of like, it was meant to be something, right. something was, was, there was a reason that we both had to stop there and have that little conversation. There was, there was something that was meant to happen. I don't quite know what it was, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was just special. Fantastic. Well, thankfully, no one was hurt, neither the vehicle, and you got right back in the truck and kept on with the podcast. And Absolutely. Was, you know, now, now, I don't want to get too far into shaving because we are talking amateur radio. I, I have a full beard, so, we, you know, we'll, we'll just have to get along with that. Uh, I don't um, have a beard on my neck. Okay. I shave my neck every day. Uh, yeah, I've got a buddy that does that, too. In the Me shower. Along fabulously. Yeah. <laughs> in the shower with a bar of soap. So, I'm almost... Exactly doing what you're, okay, so, what you're doing. So so just to give you just to give you some some insight, yeah. back before I started traditional shaving with, you know, the brush and everything, mm -hmm. I would shave with a Gillette Good News razor, which was a disposable two-blade razor, right. and I would shave in the shower with regular soap every single day. How about that? And that's how I started out. Uh-oh. Now now so so here's a question for you. Do you need a mirror? I do have to use a mirror because I like my I like my lines to look nice under my chin. <laughs> I hear you. So uh, so I I've got to the point where I you know after twenty years of doing that because I started when I was in the navy, yeah. and uh, so after twenty years or thirty years of doing that, I have gotten to the point where except for a straight razor, I don't need a mirror. Wow, 
Yeah. You've got a call, and, and I gave it there just a few minutes ago. Tell us again what your give us your full name, your call, and tell us you know uh, geographically as far as you as close as you want to tell us where whereabouts we can find you. Okay, so I live in the upstate of South Carolina in the Greenville area. That's uh, that's pretty close. And uh, my call, I got absolutely lucky in the draw. This is not a vanity call. This is just one that was assigned to me by the uh, by the FCC, and it is Kilo Juliet Four Whiskey Hotel Oscar. So KJ Four Who? KJ Four. KJ for who. And so it is one of those, um, between that and the, the radio that I have, um, on HF, I can throw that call sign out and I don't care who it is just about anywhere in the world. They'll come back to me and say, um, WHO, <laughs> <laughs> who is calling me? Exactly. Yeah, so, who is calling uh, me? You know, you know, I'm not going to give that one up for anything. Now, how long have you been licensed, Rick? I've been licensed, I, I think. It's been a while since I actually looked, but uh, I've been licensed, I believe, about five years. Okay. Um, I, I started out because uh, I, I'm active in Boy Scouts, and my scoutmaster, uh, when me and my son got into the uh, troop, in fact, now that I think about it, it's actually probably been closer to about seven years. But the uh, when me and my son got in the troop, my scoutmaster had an amateur radio license. And so I went and got my technician's license so that we could use radios um, while we're going back and forth on hiking trips, while we're out hiking and traveling and everything else. And, well, of course, it just snowballed from there. And I do have a bit of a passion for it. And uh, so uh, that's how we started. Fantastic. Now, is your son licensed as well? He's, uh, well, let's see. Uh, one of my sons is interested in it. He ha- does not have a license. Um, he keeps talking about going and getting one, uh, but he is uh, working on uh, getting into, you know, through college. He's, uh, he's going to one of the local uh, universities, and um, so he has not taken the time to do it. My other son has absolutely no interest. <laughs> Sounds like my wife. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole, well. Actually, my, both my my oldest sons have shown exper- uh, uh, a desire to learn, but they're just mm-hmm. I can't get them to sit down and even read the book or look at the. They're too busy with Legos, and that's okay. I mean, they're kids. Yeah, that's okay. So, yeah. So, and so. speaking of kids, that's what you do. I mean, a, a lot of your amateur radio uh, time and devotion to the hobby is with kids in the Boy Scouts, your local troop. Um, Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that because. You know, I came up in the Cub Scouts, and I think I got as far as we blow, and then that was about as far as I wanted to go with it. And uh, my next-door neighbor, who was a, a, a very dear friend of mine, went on and got his eagle. I remember it was a really cool time because uh, he had a really nice event, whatever you call that, like presentation mm-hmm. yep, ceremony. Yep, and yep. he played the uh, Eagles Eagles Fly was a song that, um, oh, man, Sammy Hagar did after he left Van Halen in the late 80s, early 90s. And... Uh, Anyway, that that was just that's always stuck with me. But anyway, it's it a great it's a great thing. Now, I never never had an experience or an exposure to amateur radio when I was in Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts. Uh, but I've heard since I've been licensed, and I've seen, you know you read it in the QST mags and all over the, the web about the the jamboree on the air and those sorts of things. I know my local club here in Spartanburg meets with some of the local scouting units here and there. Well, they're not units. What are they called? They're called troops. Troops. Yeah, called troops, uh, but I've never had the opportunity to participate with that due to scheduling. So tell us a little bit about how uh, amateur radio and the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts, those sorts of things work together. All right. So um, within Cub Scouts, there's really not anything that is set up for amateur radio. However, in the Boy Scouts, there are two merit badges that could be uh, one definitely is amateur radio uh, centered, if you will, and the other one could be. And the the first one is the radio merit badge. Now, the radio merit badge, if you look at what the requirements are, it probably covers about a third of what the technician's license talks about. It talks about the various frequencies. It talks about the ionosphere and how signals bounce around up, uh, you know, in the ionosphere and things like that. Um, it talks about yeah proper uh, proper uh, phonetic alphabet usage and call signs and you know the the different zones uh, for w- within the country, and so it really covers a, a good bit. Now the thing that's interesting about the amateur radio merit badge 
is that it's not just or the radio merit badges. It's not just amateur radio, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, there, there is also you can once you get through some of the requirements, then you breaks down into certain choices, and you can either look at amateur radio or you can look at shortwave or you can listen to broadcast radio. And, you know, once you understand the different call signs for whatever uh, mode you want, you know, call signs and things like that, and do it for a certain amount of time and talk to your merit badge counselor about what you've heard and what the things are, then you can achieve the radio merit badge. And so we've had we've had boys. In fact, in one troop meeting, we actually this was funny. Um, my uh, my assistant scoutmaster. I'm the scoutmaster right now. Well, my assistant scoutmaster. He's also an amateur radio operator, and uh, he's he likes listening. Um, I like talking. He likes <laughs> listening, and uh, and so he came in and he shared with the boys uh, what a number station is. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah. number stations. Oh, yeah. Okay. But what he did is by the time the night was over, he had them decoding a, a made-up message using the same numbers as a number station using math. So here these boys are sitting there just furiously you know, figuring out what this code is, yeah. and they're doing math. And I'm, I'm standing back outside the door scratching my head going – Who'd have thought that 10 boys would be sitting here just actively, I mean, seriously into it, actively doing math because they're trying to figure out a code? Probably won't, this is cool. Probably won't find that in the Common Core standards, but no, they're, getting, it, they're getting it somewhere, which is, I mean, and that's awesome. You know, it's, uh, you know, homeschooling here, uh, you, you find things to trick your kids into learning. You know, <laughs> well, and in fact, that's exactly what Scouts is about, because ultimately what Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts is trying to do is get kids to learn by having fun. Yeah. And if you can bridge that gap so that they're they they're doing something that they enjoy doing, they're actively participating because they're having fun, then all of a sudden the learning will come and they won't even know it, but they will remember it later on now. When when I was in Scouts, and this has been 25, 35 years ago, 35, 30, yeah, 35, 30, 35 years ago, uh, I remember the, you know, the Scout manuals that you had and, and you had mm -hmm. all the, the neat projects that you would hope that you'd get to do one day. And uh, we, we didn't really do a lot of that. Uh, but anyway, it was always cool to read the manuals and I've got my dad's and I've even got some friends that are older than my dad who gave me their manuals for my boys to look through and it was it was almost like a Sears catalog for cool stuff. Absolutely, at least the old ones were. But but you know, I've been into radio my whole life. I've been licensed for four or five years. I've just always liked radio, but I never had that interaction in the Scouts. Today, with the technology, because I'm sure that there's more than just radio type of technology, probably robotics and all sorts of things they can do now. But do you see? Uh, is there? an uptake or a, a downturn on anything regarding these, these radio badges? Uh, is there interest out there still? or It is absolutely it, okay. depends on the troop. It absolutely depends on the adult leaders within the troop. I'll give you an example. There are some troops that don't even know what a radio is. There are other troops like mine, and we have the distinction within our district of being known as the amateur radio troop. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 that's just the way it is. Because everywhere we go, we'll take a radio. We always have handhelds, you know, handy talkies. Mm -hmm. um, the we've gotten the uh, the boys at this point to uh, to use and carry uh, handy talkies. Um, I've got a portable repeat that I take around to uh, to scouting events. Um, yeah, so it depends on the leaders, and in fact, that's that's to a certain. Uh, situations, you know, whether it's school, homeschooling, local, you know, public schooling, uh, scouts, whatever, it depends on the leaders as to where things go and, and how enthused the boys get about anything. Right now, um, I've got, you know, we just came back from summer camp and, uh, every year at summer camp, we go the same week every year. And so all the troops that go that week are kind of, you know, we know each other and we hang out and everything. Well, we always take a radio uh, or two up there. Now, we always set up a, a two-meter rig and an HF rig. 
and then we start making contacts as soon as you know things die down from the organizational uh, part of it. And so this year we went up there, and uh, oh, and and this is this is funny. So if anybody's trying to teach a child, a well, a child, a young man or a young woman for that matter, about radio, and what what I found is, first off, if if what we do is we make contacts, and when we make the contact, we'll write them up on a board so the kids can come up and see them because they'll sit there and, and look at the call signs and the states, and they'll just go through the list, and they'll just sit there with their eyes wide open, just absolutely amazed. But the thing that's interesting is that right now the, the, the kids that are coming out of public school uh, have a tendency to be geographically challenged. And as you well know, if you've ever done any DX work, um, you can't really be geographically challenged if you're trying to figure out where somebody is. Um, so we, we did this, we, you know, we made this contact with, uh, with somebody in Wexford, England. And so we announced that at, uh, at lunch, you know, that as we do every, uh, every afternoon at lunchtime, we announce what stations we've got the night before and that morning and everything. And we said, you know, as part of that spiel, if you will, that, uh, you know, so far we've, uh, we've made a contact with somebody out, you know, in England and everybody's oohing and on and cheering and everything. And, um, and then, uh, we made a contact in, uh, Oh, geez, I can't think of the name right now. Um, oh, gosh. It's a Slavic country up above Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Anyhow, I can't. You may want to edit that out. I don't know. But uh, anyhow, I, I said, you know, but our furthest contact was was this one. Or, you know, we also made a contact here. And one of the kids looked at me and said, yeah, but you made a contact with England, and that's across the ocean. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> They're both across the ocean, guys. Yeah, you know, and and they just they don't they don't uh, they they don't make the connections. Yeah, and so it's you know the next time I go up there, and this has been an uh, you know an evolution as it always is, but I'm going to have a map um, of the world up there because they don't. They're not being taught where different countries are. So if I was to say you know this uh, you know I made a contact with Russia, they might get it. If I said, well, I just made a contact with Crete, they wouldn't have a clue. Right. Um, and so, you know, the big countries, they probably know where they are. The smaller ones, nah, probably not. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting, and uh, that was one of the things. The other thing that I found out about uh, HF radios, and in fact, uh, well, mainly HF radios, is that if you hand a young person an HF radio, even after instructing them about call signs and signal reports and everything – it is a completely foreign concept to them. They cannot pick up, and in fact, quite honestly, I have this same problem from time to time. Um, they can't pick up and, and understand and write down the call signs of a station fast enough. Wow. They just, and so they miss it. And so to them, it's just, it's like a foreign language. Hmm. And uh, so that's been interesting. That's why for me at this point, what I've found is that on the HF rig, um, if I can share with them that I've made contacts, uh, they're interested in it and up, it, it takes a certain age. Once they get past a certain age and if they're really interested, then they'll start really digging it and then yeah. they'll start, you know, getting into it and they can follow along and they understand. But probably from that age of about, I don't know, 11 to maybe 14, unless they're, they're really keyed in. Um, there, it's just going to blow right past them and you're just going to lose them. Do you, uh, do you ever do anything, uh, with digital in front of them? Do you ever let them see the digital modes or is it just strictly single sideband voice? No, uh, we've done sideband voice. We've done Morse code, but they don't get that. Yeah. We have done digital. My partner is big into digital. Again, he's a listener. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he can, he can sit there and tune around the, uh, the, the, you know, the band, and he will be able to, just by the sound of it, say, yes, this is this kind of signal, and this is this kind of signal, and this is this. And I'm like, I don't have a clue. You know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody to talk to. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so he'll do that from time to time. Now, the other thing that we that we did this, uh, this last go-around, which was really a big hit, is we both have iPhones. And so we got on two-meter. We both had two-meter handhelds, and we got on one of the, you know, just a, a simplex frequency. And we were sending black and white pictures using the uh, the Black Cat Slow Scan TV app. Nice. And that was just cool. 
you know, these kids, they, you know, they they don't. First off, you know, the only TVs they've ever seen is these, you know, thin panel LCD things. <laughs> and so they don't understand how the scans used to work like on an, you know, like a, a tube TV. Yeah. They don't necessarily understand fax machines because they don't have to deal with them nor scanners because they don't have to deal with them. So to see that image just appear the way it does, it just blows them away. And so that was a big hit. We did that for, and, and it was neat because we were going all over the camp. One person was staying up in the campsite where the radios were. And the other person was walking around with an HT and taking pictures and sending them back. Wow. And, uh, it was just cool. Guys, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Rick as we continue to talk about Boy Scouts and amateur radio. Back in a minute. Main Trading Company in Paris, Texas is still one of the small town stores. Give us a call. You'll get a real person on the phone. Richard, myself, Christine, Tammy, or Danielle. We're there to help you find the gear you're looking for. We carry brands like Icom, Kenwood, products from Roan Tower, Heil, LDG, Alinko, Jetstream, Radio Waves, MFJ. The list goes on and on. 903-737-0773. And on the web at mtcradio.com. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by your friends at Icom America. From the fan favorite ICOM 7200 ruggedized mobile and base HF station, all the way down to the brand new ICOM 2730 Alpha dual band mobile transceiver. You'll find all those rigs and more, and the best prices on the internet at mtcradio.com. That's right, for all your ICOM needs, check out mtcradio.com. We're back with Rick Kilo Juliet for Whiskey Hotel Oscar, KJ for Who, and uh, Rick is a, f- a fellow podcaster, podcast about wet shaving, as we talked about there in the first segment. He's also a scoutmaster, an amateur radio operator, and funny enough, we both live in the upstate of South Carolina, probably less than an hour away, and we've never once even spoken on a local repeater. Man, is that not the weirdest thing ever? Yeah, you probably hang out on different repeaters. I'm, uh, you know, I I typically run on the the, the six ten machine. Okay, okay. I mean, do you even go to the six ten machine? Uh, when it's coming a, out of Spartanburg, I mean, uh, you could hit it. Oh, I can hit it with with an HT here in the yard. I, yeah. I just never really get on. I need to make it. I need to make a concerted effort to get there. <laughs> uh, I've gotten to where I'm really spending a lot of time on our four forty machine locally. Um, oh, okay, and it's got a very good coverage area, and and our yeah our our VHF is just a monster. I mean, not like yeah. the monsters in the mountains, but for here, it's a monster. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't know. I just well, that's that's I that's, that's like my portable there. repeater. It's at the top of it's at the absolute top of the four forty band. Wow. It was a uh, it was a business repeater. Okay. And uh, you know when the business is narrow banded because of nine eleven a couple of years ago, they had to upgrade. Well. Yeah. You know, I asked him, I said, well, if you're going to upgrade this thing, would you mind donating it to my scout troop? And they said, sure. So I took it and, uh, I happen to know a guy over at the, uh, at the radio, uh, place that, uh, that works on repeaters and stuff. And so, uh, I had him, uh, see if he could bring it down, you know, because of the, uh, the business repeaters, the, the duplexer in them, sometimes you can't tune them low enough down into the, uh, into the uh, 440 band to do any good, but he was able to. I had to replace one radio, and uh, I think he charged me like 20 bucks for it because it was an old radio. And then I had to buy myself one a, a little controller, and uh, so I put a little controller in it again because uh, the the business radios don't need to uh, don't need to announce. And so I put a little uh, a controller in it. So I've got a really nice uh, 440 repeater that uh, does a really good job. So we take that to scouting events and, and have a good time. Cool, cool. Well, I, uh, I I was kind of taken by what you were talking about right before we went to the break uh, regarding bringing kids into the hobby and, and showing them how we can do certain things. You're taking your iPhone and you're taking pictures and you're using, uh, did you say it was the Black Cat app? Is that what it was called? Yeah, it's, I'm it's an Android a Black, guy. Yeah, uh, I, I think they've got the app for, uh, for Android as well. I'm okay. not sure, but it's called SSTV or okay. Slow Scan TV. Yeah. And uh, the the thing that was interesting is we were using little Baofangs, uh, UV5Rs. And uh, the, the thing that we found out is that if you're sending a color picture with the thing, and we're just holding the speaker up to the mic, and so, you know, it's just fairly rudimentary. But uh, if you do a color scan 
the transmit time is so long that the that the handheld times out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, if I looked at the choices, there was like, I don't know, 30 choices of different formats in the silly thing. But one of them was black and white, 36 seconds. And I'm like, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, we're using that one from now on, guys. We're going to burn right. these handy talkies up. Yeah, and, uh, and it, it did a great job. But it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I talked just a second ago about my repeater, and we recently went on an event, and we had some uh, some Baofangs that we picked up, and we had programmed for the uh, for the repeater. And we handed them out to the scouts after giving them a brief introduction to uh, to call signs and to radio etiquette and everything else. And, uh, well, quite honestly, we just kind of let them go. I mean, they were in the surrounding area. They're not very, you know, they're almost within eyesight. So, you know, we figured it would be okay. And uh, we're not putting out a whole lot of power. And uh, what we found, even though we had a special event call sign so they could all use the same call sign, um, they didn't. (laughs) They just just would not for the life. Now, they enjoyed talking on the radio. They absolutely loved talking to each other back and forth on the radio. But they would not use a call sign. It was just absolutely completely foreign to them. Even though we would get on and remind them and everything, they just they didn't want to do it. And so we said, okay, all right, let's let's back up a little bit because if we beat them over the head about the call sign, it stops being fun. Yeah. And so let's do something that they can use, that they can function with, and not have to worry about that. So we got some radios that run on frequencies that they don't need a license for. And we said, here. (laughs) And an amazing thing happened. All of a sudden, they started using them. And we took these radios up to camp. And the amazing thing was is these guys were talking to each other while they were at opposite ends of the camp. Hey, where you at? What you doing? Have you seen so-and-so? Is anybody up at camp? And it was like this network going on. And it was it was like back when you were a kid working on a you know working with a walkie-talkie with your friends. It was absolutely fantastic. Now the other thing that was interesting about it is that these guys were walking around with radio. None of the other troops had them, <laughs> and so all of a sudden they started walking around well just a little bit differently. Right. You know, kind of like I've got something that nobody else has. I'm special. <laughs> now you want to get engagement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, give a give a new toy to a kid and have him, you know, be able to show it off to his friends. Now you've got a kid that's engaged and all of a sudden they're 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 using these radios. And then just to throw another one in, we took these same radios and and uh, happened to, uh, you know, we happened to find out what the uh, what the camp staff frequencies were. So we put those frequencies in the radios and uh, allowed the kids they could, we, you know, we locked them out so they couldn't transmit on those frequencies and right. get into trouble. But uh, we allowed them to monitor what the camp staff was saying. And all of a sudden it was like, ooh, you're somebody special. Yeah. Now, uh, again, you know, we've been doing this for a while. So the camp staff, whenever we show up, it's like, oh, God, it's the radio troop. All right, <laughs> we've got to be good on the radios. <laughs> <laughs> Your reputation precedes you. But, you know, the, the thing about that is is the engagement. And I can't tell you how many times here on the program, how many times uh, at local meetings or, you know, chatting on repeaters with folks from the local club on the Internet forums and whatnot, we're all standing around kind of trying to figure out how in the world can we get the youth involved in this hobby? And unless they're just a geek like I was and I am and what right, yeah. is am was were or whatever. Uh, how do we bring them in? You know, a lot of guys are leaning on the digital end of things. Uh, and I think the deal with the HTs and the pictures with the smartphones, I mean, that's taking what they're comfortable with, the smartphone, and introducing a, another device that you kind of hold the same way, but it doesn't have all the pictures and stuff. But you're able to use them in, you know, in, in concert together. I think that's right. a really neat idea. Are there Are there... Those ideas that you've spoken of are great. Are there any more that you might have either heard of or tried with the with the scouts to draw interest into the hobby? Well, you know, we, we like I was saying before, uh, every year at camp we set up radio stations, and when we go out to uh, large camping trips with the with the district guys, if it's just ourselves, we'll just bring HTs. But if it's with the district folks, we'll bring uh, more radios and stuff. 
and they know that we have these radios. And so some of the scouts will come and talk to us and, and talk on the radio and, and get engaged and everything. The problem is, is that once you have that engagement, once you have that in, uh, excitement, unless you have the ability to continue that engagement and to continue that, uh, that work, if you will, what ends up happening is they, you know, it's kind of like eating a piece of chocolate cake. You know, you don't have chocolate cake all the time. Right. You know, it's like you walk in, you take a bite of chocolate cake, and you go, wow, that was good. And then you go off and you know you're not going to get any more, so you go off and do something else. And, you know, yeah, you might remember it, but, yeah, and it was good, but you don't, you know, you're not looking for it because you know you don't have it. So, again, it goes back to the leaders and it goes back to the, um, to the, I don't know, uh, community, if you will, if you don't have one actively, I don't know, offering, if you will, the, the ability to use radios, um, then you have a short-term engagement, but not a long-term engagement. So let me, let me think about this as a, as an amateur, now this, this encourages me to, to participate with the local guys when they do get with the scouts, because here's the thing, let's say the local, the local scouts in your area are not radio savvy okay they're not there uh but we as amateurs are exactly how hard is it for us to contact the local troop and say hey i'm an amateur radio operator uh if you guys ever need anything like that uh if you wanted me to come and speak one night or you know set up a a series of say three or four different classes or whatever you'd call that uh it's not something that they're going to try to put a uniform on you and you know make make you wear not Tall socks and, and long shorts and, and kind fact, of thing. And in fact, what I would suggest is you put it this way. I'm an amateur radio operator, and I'm trying to get more scouts engaged in amateur radio, and I would be willing to come to your troop and help you run a radio merit badge program. Are you interested? I can be available on this date. <laughs> and they'll probably say yes, and we'll feed you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the scouts in general are very appreciative of people within the community, uh, you know, coming in, stepping up, and helping out. Now, just to give you an example, okay, we both live in the upstate. We know that we have a huge, an absolutely huge amateur radio community here in the upstate of South Carolina. Yep. Um, uh, it's, it's probably better than any other place that I've been, uh, in the country. So big, and we've never, so big, we've never spoken to one another. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now the guys that I talk to often know me because they know that I do stuff with scouts and I make calls from the scout camps and things like that. Every time, every time on two meters that I have thrown out a call After, you know, when I've gotten on a net or something and said, hey, guys, I'm going to be at a camp out, you know, next weekend or whatever. I'm going to be sending out calls. You know, if you want to talk to the scouts, help me out. Um, They have come. It has been an absolute marvel and and an absolute joy. And it warms my heart because, you know, a lot of these guys, they first off, they're in the community. Um, They know that these are their own kids, basically. I mean, their own community of kids. Uh, A lot of them were involved in scouts as youth. Some of them were involved in scouts as adults. Um, And they are more than willing, and and that's the big thing, they are more than willing to get on the radio and talk to these guys. And the kids that they talk to know that, understand that, and appreciate that without ever even being told. And you can see a connection. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple guys that are a little bit older than I am. And, uh, you know, they've been around for a long time and, and tell stories and things like that. And you can see in the kids' eyes there is a connection being made with members of their community. So anything that you can do to go to a local Boy Scout troop or it's not just Boy Scouts because there are different organizations. There's the Royal Rangers. There's Trail Life. There's Boy Scouts. There's, you know, all of these scouting type. And to me, they're all scouts. Okay. They're all kids, whether it's a youth league at church or whatever. They are kids and they need active involvement by adults. And if you can bring them something like amateur radio, it is a skill that will stick with them. Or if not, even if they don't pick it up. 
It is an understanding and a knowledge that they will carry with them the rest of their lives, and that's a good thing. Who knows? You may be planting seeds for someone to grow up in the into the hobby and really appreciate it. I mean, it took me forever to get my license just because I put it off forever, but it didn't mean that I wasn't interested. You know, it, it might have been if I would have had, you know, interaction outside of the CB radio world, but, you know, from amateurs back in scouts or, or whatnot, I might have been there sooner. Absolutely. You know, it, might, Absolutely. it might just been that push. Or- or, you know, even even if you don't jump into it, you have an appreciation for what it is. You have knowledge. You can talk to somebody about it. You can communicate at a different level. And it's, you know, it's kind of like learning music. You know, once you open your mind to things like amateur radio or music or tying knots or building a fire, you know, just out of curiosity, okay, how many times have you been around adult males that don't know how to start a fire? <laughs> um, I've, I've been around them, and yeah. it is scary, especially when I know that I've got a scout that's 11 years old. They just do it in like two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it comes with, you know, those kind of things come with experience and exposure and that includes amateur radio if you can give them that exposure all of a sudden it's not a foreign concept you know for example uh we set up a radio station and it's an hf rig it's running portable so it's got a battery the radio and a dipole antenna up in a tree and i'm up at scout camp and one of the scouts comes up and i say you know we just talked to venezuela and he's like well i can call venezuela on my on my cell phone And I'm like, well, yeah, you can. But let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the infrastructure that it requires for that cell phone to work. Let's talk about the fact that if that infrastructure goes down, your cell phone is essentially a brick because you can't call cell phone to cell phone without the infrastructure being there. Now, on a similar note, let's relate that back to amateur radio and say, okay, the infrastructure of that cell phone tower is similar in concept to the infrastructure of a repeater and the repeater up on the mountain that I'm talking to here on this two-meter rig. But there's also another option because if that repeater goes down, I can still talk simplex radio to radio. And in fact, I can, just like I did with this portable uh, HF rig, I can go radio to radio without any of that infrastructure from here all the way to Venezuela. In fact, one year we even hit Hawaii, and this was on a dipole from, I think it was uh, 1,400 feet uh, up in the mountains of South Carolina. Uh, you know, and the quite honestly, the antenna wasn't even oriented quite in the proper direction. It was all, you know, <laughs> propagation. It was just sheer luck. But, yeah, we had a conversation with a guy in Hawaii. Nice. And so all of a sudden when they do that, and then, you know, the next thing that you can then discuss is like, if you can get them to stand there for a second and make a contact with somebody, you know, in California or Texas, those are pretty easy states to hit from here. And uh, they realize because you ask them, did you hear any lag in the conversation? And they'll say, no, it was just like he was standing right here. I said, OK, now, if you do that on your cell phone, there's a bit of a lag there. But the radio waves are going through the ionosphere and they are going there at the speed of light, not the speed of sound, the speed of light. Well, conceptually, most kids that age have no they, – they have no experience with anything that moves at the speed of light that they can relate to. And all of a sudden, it's like their eyes just start just, – they, they just blow up and their mouth kind of hangs open and they go, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think what you struck there is it's really about – because we've had this conversation on the show before. How do we get our youth involved? It's about being involved with our youth. It's about Absolutely. making ourselves available. You don't have to be a scoutmaster. You don't have to be involved in the scouts. Tell us a little bit about – what do you know about the Jamboree on the air? I know they do that, what, once or twice a year? They um, do the Jamboree on the air once a year. And, in fact, this year it's, uh, it's, it's always the third weekend in October. This year that's the 16th through the 18th of October. This year will be the 58th Jamboree on the, on the, on the air. And what Jamboree on the Air is, is uh, a bunch of people getting together, putting up radio stations and allowing scouts to talk back and forth well, with each other and to make contacts with scouts and to have the scouts make contact with other people and other scouts. It is an opportunity for, well, scouts to get on the air. And so they call it Jamboree on the Air, and it is worldwide. It is not just here in the United States. It is worldwide. Wow. And uh, 
it's a pretty big deal. And uh, now the other thing, again, like I said, is if you talk to a scout, depending on their age, sometimes you have to expect that one word answer. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, boys at that age, uh, you know, it's just something that happens when you talk to them and say, you know, how's it going? What rank are you? And, you know, what's your favorite thing? They'll go, okay. And that's it. And you're sitting there going, okay, what's, where's the rest? And there is no rest. It's just, that's it. That's what they know. Right. And it's, it's interesting because every now and then you'll find someone on the radio that knows how to deal with that and talk to that scout. And they will tell them a story. They will tell them a story about their youth. They will tell them a story about how they got into amateur radio. They will talk to the scout. Whether or not the scout will talk to them, they will talk to the scout. And it makes a huge difference because whether you know it or not and whether the scout lets you know it or not, you have just made a very, very important connection with that young man. How about that? And and really, I guess if we want to look at it from a different angle, the, the Jamboree on the air could be like a kid's day, but it's the, the kids that are involved in scouts. And, and I didn't necessarily realize that it were scouts with scouts. I thought it was just scouts to operators, but it's really encouraged for different stations to connect with each other scout to scout yeah and in fact that's one of the that's one of the reasons that we uh that we like taking the radios up at summer camp because one of the funnest things that we have ever done is uh hooked up camp to camp Ah. because because now all of a sudden it's like oh wow okay cool let's bring some boys over here you bring some boys over here we were connected with a uh, with a scout camp up in North Carolina on a two meter r- uh, rig. We were going through the uh, I want to say it was the Mount Mitchell repeater, mm-hmm. and uh, we probably talked uh, you know between the, the the two camps we probably had a hundred boys on the air that that uh, that week. Nice, and that's just that's just cool. Now there's another opportunity that's coming up and uh, that's earlier than the jamboree on the air, and this is the uh, the National Order of the Arrow Conference. And uh, so this is the Order of the Arrow is kind of like the uh, the Honor Society for Scouting, if you will. Well, they're having a radio, uh, a special radio event. Um, it's coming out of East Lansing, Michigan, and it's August 3rd through the 7th. And they've got a special event call sign, K2BSA slash 8. And uh, so that's that's also another opportunity. They'll be operating on uh, – on, uh, 20 meter and 440 or 40 meter and uh they've got a, a local repeater but there's a if you go to i'll, I'll send you to somebody's website if you don't mind sure, it's, go ahead. Uh, kb6nu he's got a ham radio blog and so if you go to uh, kb6nu.com and they're about midway down on his page uh there is the uh uh the information for the uh order of the arrow event Okay, now well, jam- I, I got to tell you, now I'm embarrassed because it's been a few a few weeks since I've been on Dan's blog. Dan's been here on the show with us, so I know immediately who you're talking about. And uh, Perfect. yeah, and he is from some of these questions that I'm discussing with you are, are things that Dan and I discussed off of the air about how to get youth involved in radio. And, okay, and that's a, that's a desire. That's one of his heart's desires to you know to continue to build young amateurs, and that's really cool that you that you sent us there. That's KB six in you, yeah, yeah, Dan yeah. Romanchik, yeah, he's an awesome guy, yeah. man. I, I love Dan, and and you know, I don't know if you know this or not. We're gonna get off on a little rabbit trail here, but uh, Dan had hinted that he was gonna do a podcast, and I don't know what's happened, oh, cool. but if you talk to him again, you thump him or something, because I think well, he, I haven't talked to him. I just, I just, uh, I, I had my buddy, uh, you know, my assistant scoutmaster, send me this thing about the. Uh, the uh, NOAC, which is the National uh, Order of the Arrow Conference, right. and it happened to be his blog. Okay, well, cool. And so it's like, okay, so I just I just pulled it up on the computer, and that's where I'd, I'd send people. It's just absolute chance that uh, we're talking about the same Isn't guy. That funny, uh, Dan, Dan. Dan's an awesome guy, man. He was a great guest. So that is cool. And I'll tell that's you, his, cool. his his books that he writes, his no nonsense study guides. We we have them in the store, and I've got them for my kids, and I've, I'm trying to read the one for extra. And, you know, it's yeah, I need the one for. Yeah. I, you see, that's the problem. See, I went and got my technician's license, and then I upgraded to general. And uh, so it took me about a year to get to, you know, to get to general. And, and I put a little bit of effort into that one. 
So my <clears throat> assistant scoutmaster there, he went in and got them all mocked out at the same time. And I just look at him like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. Why did, now I'm embarrassed, thanks. Exactly, you know. It's that's like, a really nice two-by-two two call you got there, friend. That, that, that's right. And so then, you know, he's he's all into digital and everything else. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, I'll, I'll just talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I say all the time I spend my time podcasting instead of studying. But but that's really cool that, that you mentioned, Dan. And we'll link his uh, – We'll link his blog again to the to the show notes here, and we'll we'll have the dates for the the order of the era there. Um, I'm really interested yeah. in what you guys uh, are. Are you a member of your local club, your amateur yeah. radio club? No, <laughs> I mean that's okay. I mean I'm I, I'm embarrassed to say it. You know, I I joined. Okay, so my relationship with clubs. Um, I will throw them, uh, you know, some money every now and then for the repeater fund and things like that. But I, I joined one year and, you know, made it official and everything. And yeah, some amateur radio guys are really, really, uh, you know, outgoing and everything. And some people are, you know, a little bit more introverted. I'm an outgoing guy. Again, I, I like to talk, you know, that's, that's why I do voice. That's why I do the podcast. That's why, you know, I have, I have passion and enthusiasm about all kinds of things and I enjoy sharing that. Yeah. So when I run into introverted people, it, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just a personality thing where I go, okay, this is nice. You know, they're nice folks and all, but I'm going to go over here and, and, and flap my gums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the reason yep. I asked was because I didn't know if, if some of the local clubs on that side of the upstate are involved with you guys, uh, other than, you know, being there on the repeaters when you need them to be. Uh, I, I know that last year here in Spartanburg, we had, I had just kind of halfway gotten the trailer worked up for the club and they took it over to the Jamboree on the air and, and set it up at one of the local churches and some of the, the scouts kind of came in, you know, through the trailer and kind of worked and stuff. So I didn't, I don't right. know if you guys had that type of, or is it you just setting up? Like when you guys, no, when, because, when, your, when your troop does jamboree on the air, how do you do it? Yeah, we bring our own stuff. Okay. You know, and, and so that's why we don't have a relationship with a club because we don't necessarily need it because we've got our own gear. Okay, so just to give you an idea, um, right now I've got, let's see, uh, myself, one, two, three assistant scoutmasters and a committee member that are all amateur radio operators. <laughs> you know, so that's why, like I said, we're the amateur radio club well, or the you know, troop. I mean, that, that's what we do. We've got, you know, they, again, we have, while we haven't succeeded 100% with the youth, we've gotten several adults engaged, enthused, and licensed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's think about that for just a second before we go. And, and if you're out there listening and you're interested in being a part of, of bringing new guys into the fold, really new guys, the youth of America, our future, you know, this is a great opportunity, Rick, to, for folks to get involved. Like, we, you know, a few minutes ago we talked about it. There, You don't have to sign up to be there every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock when they have their meeting. But you can be an asset to your community, not just with your amateur radio gear in case of an emergency or something like that. You can actually begin to build in to the young men and young ladies. I mean, Girl Scouts do it, too. Uh, you got to be a little more careful there. I'm, I'm not saying one thing one way or the other about our audience i'm just saying it out loud but uh with boy scouts and all scouts this is a great opportunity for for you to give back to the community and you, you a lot of guys sit around saying oh this is when i'm dead this is gone you know this club will be over with when i'm dead because we don't have any new members this is a great way to begin building relationships with the with the scouts and their parents who can eventually come along and, and be a part of what you're doing locally. Well, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the thing that you brought up is emergency operations. Okay. At the forefront, a scout motto, you know, the scout motto is to be prepared. Right. Uh, having emergency communications capabilities, whether it's an emergency, whether it's a national disaster, whatever, is a huge important thing in being prepared. And so if you can go at that angle, okay, first off, you know, anybody that can volunteer to help a, a youth organization, whether that be a church group or a scouting organization of whatever type, um, and again, to me in my heart, they're all scouts. So, uh, you know, we're all one big happy family, even though we've kind of broken off, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like some of the churches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're still, <laughs> you know, you're still kin. 
that that's exactly right. And you know, we, I personally look at them that way. And so when you when you bring when you offer when you say, look, we've got you know, we've got this capability. We would like to come and share that knowledge with you. We would like to teach you. We would like to help you earn. Because again, one of the things about scouting is that not only do you do you teach, but they get to earn something in recognition for their engagement. Mm. And that is a driving factor in that engagement. You know, in a lot of you know, in a lot of cases, you bring youth in and you sit them down and you say, okay, this is what this is. This is what that is. This is how you do it. And it's a lot like, well, school. Yeah. And school is is a little bit, I don't know. I mean, they get some recognition. I understand that. But it's not the same as getting a merit badge. Yeah, it's just not. You you're, know, not a, a, you're not getting a trophy just because you were on the team kind of a thing. Right. You know, and, and a grade on a sheet of paper, I'm sorry, that's not a merit badge. It's nice, but it's not a merit badge because the merit badge is something that they can hold in their hands and see right now. Yeah, and show um, to the grandkids 40 years from exactly. now. Exactly. Okay, so there's there's that. So, you know, if you can if you can offer to help out with um with the radio merit badge or the electrical merit badge, that was the other one that I that I didn't talk about. No, oh, and, and and this brings me along another thing. Um when you're I, I, this happened at camp this this year really threw me for a loop. The kids that I, or the boy that I was helping with the electricity merit badge, he understood digital. He understood ones and zeros because that is the age that he lives in. He had difficulty understanding analog. So DC that pulsed, he had a difficulty understanding because he would immediately say, oh, that's digital. No, that's not digital. It's uh, <laughs> it's 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 analog. It's DC that's pulsing. We we're talking about magnetism and mm-hmm. and how you make you know a transformer work, for example. Okay, you can't have a steady uh, you know a, a steady DC sur- uh, signal because it'll just you know it'll make one elect- uh, magnetic wave and it's done. Okay, uh, but you can you can make an electromagnet or something like that. But but the thing is is that. For example, the waves. He didn't understand waves. He wanted to say, oh, that's digital. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and it was it really threw me for a loop. And how do you how do you you know, I grew up in the analog age and had to convert to digital. He's growing up in the digital age and he's having to convert to analog. Wow. Now, how long did it take us to figure out digital? Yeah. It wasn't instantaneous. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It, it, you know, it wasn't intuitively obvious. So if you're talking to kids, be careful with that one too. But, you know, if you if you offer to help out with the radio merit badge, the electricity merit badge, say, hey, I understand, you know, you got jamboree, the air com- uh, jamboree on the air coming up. Uh, again, it's a uh, third weekend in October. Um, you know, do you have a radio station? Would you like help setting a radio station up? Even if it's a two-meter radio station or a 440 brig, that's fine. Even if you're standing out there with an HT, letting letting the boys talk on the HT, it's still radio. And if you can then share with them the 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 other things that we do, whether that be emergency operations or helping out with community events or doing something as fun as you know slow scan TV, uh, it's it's a way to engage and it's a way to uh, to get the youth of America into the game. That's really cool, Rick. And we have we've like I've said it so many times. We've talked about what what is it going to take to bring this this generation into this hobby. And I think at the we we've, we've just discovered it right here at the very core of the whole problem is interaction. It's just yeah. those kids, those young men need men and women interacting with them in a hobby. If we want to grow this hobby, then it has to be folks from this hobby who are willing to say, okay, they are snotty-nosed brats, and they all want to check their Facebook. No, they don't have Facebook anymore. They all want to do Instagram all day long, uh, and, and they don't care about what I'm talking about. But they're not even going to be exposed to it if you don't give them a chance. Absolutely. And you may and, be surprised and, with the results. And the funny thing is, and, and you know this well as a podcaster, I've got an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. I've got a Twitter account. I've got a Facebook account. You know, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, it does take reaching out, and it also takes reaching out in a fashion that is fun. Uh, you know, one of the things that that uh, 
kind of sets set the mind in motion when I first got into scouting with my son is we had a uh, a den leader with Cub Scouts, and he meant well. He truly did, but he didn't know any other way. His idea of a den meeting was to sit the kids in chairs, stand up at a podium, and talk. Mm. Okay, that's what they do in school. Yeah, that's not fun. You know, they don't want to do that. You know, it's it's just, they want to run around. They want to have new experiences. They want to do sports. They want to you know they want to be active. They want to bounce from. A subject, a subject, a subject. These are young men, you know. These are these are boys. These are you know guys that want to go a mile a minute in a thousand different directions all at once and can't <laughs> figure out how to do it in their head, and that's why they get frustrated at the at the drop of a hat. And the thing is, is that if you understand that perspective, not the perspective that the marketing is selling you, which is, you know, kids are supposed to be quiet. And if they, you know, if they're not, well, if they can't sit in a chair for eight to 10 hours a day, they've got ADHD and we've got to drug them. You know, no, these are boys. (laughs) Yeah. Boys will be boys. Absolutely. They want to run. They want to hit things. They want to play with sticks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we want to teach them how to play with radios. Exactly. And if you... If you can engage them at that level and understand that they're going to bounce from subject to subject, if you bounce with them, they're right there for the ride. But what happens sometimes is they bounce and we don't follow. And we get frustrated because they're not on the topic that we're talking about. Yeah. And that's not how they operate. No, they don't, folks. Trust me, as a homeschooling dad, <laughs> you have to be on your toes. And, and I don't... Uh, I don't envy your position as a scoutmaster. I mean, oh, I love it. I would not give it up for any. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, I spent a week out in the heat and humidity of South Carolina camping out with these boys, and I dearly loved it. Best vacation I have all year. Wow! And it is absolutely fabulous. And the reason that it's fabulous is because I see these boys connecting with each other connecting with adult leaders you know something my my uh my son said uh when he was a a scout right before he made eagle is he said i have truly enjoyed my scouting experience because it's the only place that i have where adults are friends instead of telling me what to do wow he had dealt with teachers he had dealt with coaches you know everyone's telling him what to do and how to behave and he had no other avenue and this is true for a lot of kids they don't have an avenue to have an adult as a friend yeah kind of scary isn't it yeah exactly unfortunately even uh in this day there's a lot of guys who don't have dads in the house to even be that example for them so Absolutely, yeah, and that's, that's that's the other reason that I dearly love my scout troop because we've got a couple of those, and I'll I'll do anything I can for them. Yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, I I have always thought that that these boys are my kids. Yeah, well, you know, you, know, you, you they, you've you've got the time to make an impression, Rick, and and that's uh, you know, that's this this show is about amateur radio, but we cover a lot of topics, and this was this was one that was a little separated, but at the same time, it, it goes back. If you go back to, to, to episode 13, where I'm talking about the co- the code of ethics and what amateur radio at its heart really is, it's about giving back. And Absolutely. what better way to give back to your community than help these kids have a good yep. example in front of them. So I want to encourage everybody listening, make sure you check our show notes and um, we'll have all these opportunities listed. Rick, I bet you can find me a a landing page to send people to that if they're looking for their local troop or looking for some local information, wherever they're at listening to that they can make that contact with if they want to be involved to help the local scouts as well. Well, let's see. Um, probably the best place to go is to go to uh, scouting.org. That's easy. And, enough. uh, yeah, scouting.org. And, uh, you should be able to find just about anything there. I would think, uh, I haven't checked it to be quite honest in a while. Yeah, we'll put um, a, we'll put a link in the show notes and get folks directed over that way. Yeah, T- tell us now before we go. I want, I want you to uh, come back to your your podcast because you're a podcaster. Sure. Ninety plus episodes in the can right now. Uh, everybody has to shave, or you probably should. Um, so tell us where can we find more information about your podcast? Okay, so my podcast is the Brush N Soap N Blade, and that is N as in the letter N, 
instead of and. So Brush and Soap and Blade, uh, the, the blog is brushandsoapandblade.wordpress.com. Uh, um, you can find me on iTunes. You can find me on Stitcher. Uh, it's Brush and Blade on Twitter. Or just just type into Google Wet Shaving Podcast, and I'm usually the first one that comes up. That's the advantage of being first in, uh, in in line there. There you go. There you go. Well, man, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you for giving us some insight to help us continue to, to search for the answers to the question, how do we grow the hobby? How do we bring the youth into the hobby? I think you're doing a great job up there. And it seems to me that some of the things you're doing uh, may seem so simple uh, on, the, on the outset, but bringing the kids into it and, and giving them an opportunity to connect with other people is really what's key. So, Ricky, thank you again for being on the program with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, you know, this is, uh, you know, scouting and radios are a couple more of my passions. So I enjoy talking about it. That's, that's, that's one of the things that is also important is that whatever you do, whatever you try to teach, especially kids do so with passion because they can pick up on it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're just reading a memo, <laughs> they know, yeah. but, uh, anyhow, I, uh, I, I appreciate you letting me be on the program. I know we've talked about it for a while. I'm glad it finally worked out. You are doing a great job. Um, I'm jealous cause you have sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it's interesting. I, I've I've said all along I don't want sponsors because it allows me to say the things that I want to say without any repercussions or yep. even feeling bad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can so, talk about who you want to talk about then. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So uh, so you know, thank you very much for being out there and doing what you do. You know, one of the things that I talk about uh, in my podcast is uh, try. And uh, sometimes people try things like podcasting. Sometimes people try things like amateur radio. But the most important thing is live life. And in order to truly live life, you have to try. And so thank you for being out there and doing that. I know that it's not, uh, it's not easy. Um, there's a lot of work involved in it. Uh, people don't know. They don't understand. And uh, just from one podcaster to another, thank you for being there and making this, uh, this community of podcasters what it is as well as this community of amateur radios well thanks rick man it's been great to have you on maybe uh maybe we can have you come back in after the uh, the jamboree and you know after some some time here when you've had some more experience with your further experience i guess with your troop and uh come talk to us about some more ideas that you've got what's worked for you with the youth well if i have any more insights i'll give you a shout how about that that's going to wrap up episode number 31. Rick, thank you again for being here with us. That's Rick DeWeese, Kilo Juliet 4, Whiskey Hotel Oscar. You know, Rick lives, like we've said, less than an hour away. But from day one on this program, we've talked about how big this hobby is. And just in this little area, it's so big. Rick and I have still never got to meet one another, which is disappointing. We need to work on that. And I want to encourage you to get out this week and get to know some of your local hams. Visit a local club. Hey, and yeah, most especially, check out your local your, your local scene with your, your scouting and whatnot. We'll have all the links to how you can be involved if you choose to in your local scouting events coming up on the website. It's photime.com or photimepodcast.com. Either one of those will get you to the same place, and we appreciate you checking us out. All the show notes are there. All the uh, social media links are there. You can find links to our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, of course, and uh, anything else. Oh, don't forget to comment on the show and find us on Google Plus as well. Thank you again for listening. We can't wait to get back with you next time. We appreciate you again so much for being here with us. Look forward to the next time. Until then, 73, y'all. God bless. Downloading, listening, and subscribing to AmateurRadio15.com presents Bowtime, the other ham radio podcast. You can find our past episodes, web links, and more at AmateurRadio15.com. That's AmateurRadio15.com. Follow us on Twitter at Bowtime Podcast. And remember to visit our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, at MTCRadio.com. Till next time, 73s.